0: This is Defender Radio. I'm Michael Howie, and this is Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife advocates and animal lovers, brought to you by the Fur Bearers. Two fur farms in Quebec are at the centre of a complaint filed by Animal Justice after they received images from We Animals Media. The photos, captured in August 2022, show deplorable conditions for mink and foxes. The Montreal SPCA has initiated a call for a ban on fur farming in Quebec and are setting up inherently inhumane fur farms as an election issue in the province's fall campaign. The Montreal SPCA has initiated a call for a ban on fur farming in Quebec and are setting up inherently inhumane fur farms as an issue in the upcoming provincial election there. Camille Labchuk, Executive Director of the Animal Law Nonprofit Animal Justice, joined Defender Radio to discuss the situation in Quebec, what the images revealed, how various organizations are pushing for change, and what individuals can do to make a difference. There's a lot to kind of go through here in regards to fur farming and uh, the case in Quebec, but let's start I think with what has happened with we animals media, the images they obtained in August, and more or less just the last week of activity. We're in the first full week of September right
1: now. Yeah, sure. So it's great to be here, Michael. And um, we're excited to talk about these new fur farm images from Quebec, which unfortunately are just heartbreaking. Uh, We Animals Media, which is a photojournalism agency, which is responsible for covering the human-animal relationship and interactions worldwide, uh, was in the position of being able to obtain these images from two Quebec fur farms. Now, it's interesting because there's only three fur farms left in that entire province that anyone is aware of. Uh, so we now have images from two of them, one fox farm and one mink farm. And what We Animals Media was able to capture through the, the journalists uh, was shocking. Uh, there were foxes living in tiny wired cages, most of them without any form of obvious enrichment. Um, the wired cages didn't appear to conform to standards that the industry sets for itself. Uh, The foxes were all by themselves. They were separated, uh, really nothing to do in those cages all day long. And frankly, it just, it just breaks my heart to see animals in those conditions. Uh, And then the mates were in um, a separate location. They, you know, again, there was no visible enrichment. Some of them didn't even have nest boxes uh filthy conditions really you know dark and dingy um, accumulation of feces and urine underneath the cages and and dirty water that we saw in those images so uh animal justice was fortunate to be able to release those images obtained by we animals media to the public yesterday so that people can see the reality of what is still happening on fur farms in quebec and in canada uh, until governments provincially and federally ban this practice
0: yeah it's Looking at the images is always hard, and I, I don't implore anyone to look at them unless you, you feel you're able. Something that really caught me too was some of the images, you can see the fox feet or the fox's feet from underneath. And this is exactly why you wouldn't use that kind of a steel fabric for the bottom of one of these. Is their, their toe pads, uh, it's very similar to dogs and cats we have in our homes, are just being pressed and squished between those wires constantly. Uh, it, like, I, I can't say I'm not a veterinarian or an expert, but it's got to be uncomfortable pretty much all of the time, if not outright painful. Uh, do the standards, so you're speaking of the, it's the, um, I'll let you say it because I don't have it in front of me and I'll say it wrong. The NVAC standards, though, uh, this is what, th- in, in theory, those standards are supposed to create a baseline for all of these animals and all of these situations, but it seems relatively obvious that they haven't.
1: I think that's entirely fair to say, Michael. So yeah, listeners are probably wondering what laws apply to these animals while they're stuck in fur farms. And the answer is that in Quebec, it's similar to in other provinces. And what provincial laws generally say is you can't cause distress to an animal unless you're a farmer or engaged in some other animal industrial activity then you can cause distress so long as the distress is in accordance with reasonable and generally accepted practices used by industries that are common. So, okay, that means industries get to define what the standards are, which is not great, but how does a member of the public or law enforcement know then what the the line is? Well, the answer in many cases is that we look to the industry's own codes. And as you point out, Michael, uh, the National Farm Animal Care Council is an industry Led body that produces these codes. Heavy input from producers, mink farmers, fox farmers, uh, and they they create codes of practice for how foxes and minks should be treated. And, and we look at these often to try to figure out what the industry thinks the standards should be. And I think you've identified one of the most pressing problems for these foxes, which is the wire mesh flooring of cages. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if some animal with sensitive foot pads is walking on tiny wire mesh and those foot pads are getting caught in it, that's not gonna be very comfortable. I mean, it wouldn't be comfortable if you and I walked on, you know, mesh floor that was too big. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Fox code produced by NPAC, uh says clearly that wire mesh for all pan floors must have openings no larger than one inch by two inches. And we're concerned that these wire mesh floors may not comply. Uh, but wire mesh size for all floors has to be appropriate for the size of the foxes so that they don't catch their foot pads on them so that those sensitive little foot pads um, don't get harmed by the wire mesh floors and that's a huge issue here you know other things that are concerning about those fox huts is they were sort of out in the open um there's nothing there's no other enclosure on the sides or on top of the fox uh pens and the code says that they must be protected from the elements essentially so escape direct sunlight rain snow and wind uh, and provide protection during times of severe weather conditions and i look at those 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 cages and those images and i don't see how that's possible in those conditions so we have uh, filed a legal complaint actually with two provincial agencies tasked with enforcing those laws and we're asking them to investigate
0: and i guess one of the questions that will have to be asked is If these codes are in place and these agencies are there to enforce codes and existing laws, well, I guess not the codes since they're voluntary, I believe, um, in Quebec.
1: Well, the codes can inform how the law should be interpreted. So if if the law says you, you can't cause distress except if you're doing it in accordance with industry standards. I think you can look to those codes to figure out what those industry standards are. And in this case, I, I think it's very possible the industry is not meeting its own standards that it all has agreed to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a Yes, that's why you're the lawyer. Um, <laughs> uh, very well put. And I guess then the question is, if that is the case, why isn't this then just shut down? And I think that's often, you know, when we find out about these fur farms in general, let alone the conditions animals face in some of these situations, such as profiled in this case, why doesn't or why aren't government agencies able to just go in and say, nope, not good enough, you're done?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And I I think we need to see more of that, but it starts sometimes with exposure and Mm -hmm. letting the public get a firsthand glimpse at what's happening in these facilities. Because as you and I both know, they operate largely outside of public scrutiny. It's not like a member of the public can just go ask for a tour of a fur farm it's not like they advertise, uh, you know, for people to come and look at these sad animals in tiny cages. So the only way that people can become aware of this and demand the closure of fur farms is through images like those obtained by We Animals Media. So I think that's an appropriate first step. But your question, I think, also hints at the real reluctance of governments to go after industries or do anything that will interfere with profits. Um, You know, fortunately, we have seen some enforcement in Quebec of, of, of laws pertaining to animals on fur farms. In um, 2016, 2017, the Montreal SPCA, uh, actually that date might be wrong, but it was a number of years ago, the Montreal SPCA investigated uh, a fox farm in Quebec based on a tip, and it found horrible conditions, animals with untreated injuries, um, some of whom whom had to be euthanized right away because their suffering was so severe, and they laid charges against that farmer, and he did plead guilty to, I believe, three counts of uh, animal cruelty. You know, despite that, I don't believe there was an arrangement in place where he had to get out of fur farming formally through the courts. And, you know, it's funny because in the case of someone kicking a dog, it would be very common for a court to impose a prohibition order where that person cannot have contact um, or possession of an animal in the future for a period of time or even forever. But when it comes to industries, they don't seem to be subjected to that same level of scrutiny.
0: And it very much seems, as you've indicated, that there's a lot of profit in economics or concern of economics and a negative impact on economics in terms of making or, or creating legislation that would lead to more proactive or effective animal welfare laws, um, you know, making it harder to do uh, uh, fur farming, making it harder to keep animals in tiny wire bottom cages would make it harder to make money at doing it. And therefore governments don't want to be responsible for people not making money, uh, in an overly simplistic, uh, sense. What can people do then? Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to convince overnight, uh, several of our major political parties that animal welfare should trump economics necessarily, but there are opportunities, I believe for people to voice this concern. Um, not just regarding these fur farms but in general uh about how animals are treated under the law in canada
1: yeah that's right and there's a lot of frustration i think for people who've been trying to you know seek better conditions for animals seek an enter for farming but we're actually reaching a point where starting to see major major progress both in canada and abroad and i think you're right that it's going to really depend on citizens to drive this home and finally get a nationwide fur farm ban, which I think is achievable in the next couple of years. So here's some of the good news, despite the bad news that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is that the economic side of things is shifting rapidly. So there's no longer much money to be made in producing fur. That's why we've seen, and you know, very helpfully, your organization, the Furbearers, have compiled Statistics uh, showing the decline of the Canada's domestic fur farm industry, and we saw over 300 fur farms just about a decade ago, and fewer than 100 farms still in operation today, as of 2021, um, possibly even less by now. Uh, You know, Quebec used to have dozens of fur farms, and that number has been reduced down by uh, over 90% to three fur Mm farms, and this is a trend we're seeing across the country so because you know brands are dropping fur because becoming unfashionable because people just don't want to wear these cool products the bottom is really falling out of that market and that's a very good thing in terms of getting political action because it becomes less difficult for politicians to regulate or shut down an industry that's just not generating very much money for for people uh instead they can help for farmers transition to other areas where they're actually going to be able to make more money which is a win-win situation for people the government, and of course, for the animals. So one exciting thing right now about Quebec as well, Michael, as you know, is that there is a provincial election going on. Mm -hmm. And Montreal SPCA has already identified uh, an end to fur farming as one of its top three election priorities, and they've been calling on parties to commit to that. So it's a really good time for compassionate folks in Quebec to reach out to their members of the National Assembly or or candidates in their ridings, Mm the party leaders to let them know that this is an election priority for them and i'm optimistic that uh, that could come to pass with only three firms left in the province why not
0: yeah you you really start doing the math as you've indicated and my colleague aaron has been doing the math and it it really doesn't add up to keep these industries going Uh, fur has always been a boom bust industry always has been And there is no indication that that would ever ever change we've gone through a boom i think it was 2008 it ended uh roughly when mink prices were up around uh, 120 per pelt and now it's down to below 40 again it's it's just it has not recovered from that and as you've noted there are so many pieces of information out there the great work by animal justice we animals media montreal spca and many other advocacy organizations doing exactly this showing the truth and talking about it, I think, really has had a big impact on uh, people across the country.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm also, everyone is extremely excited that uh, BC has taken the first steps by banning mink farming province wide in response to COVID-19 infections on mink farms that could lead to, you know, mutations of that virus that could be even more dangerous to humans. So that was a tremendous step too, and, and thanks, you know, largely to the work of folks like you, folks, and Humane Society International, and of course um you know the efforts of people in government who saw this as a real risk and and responded so there's a lot of factors affecting this industry right now and we're talking about canada but of course we could equally look to the global stage and look at you know over 20 countries that have committed to taking action to ending fur farming uh, of some type inside their borders domestically It's, it's a global movement at this point and i feel like it's unstoppable
0: Links to the Animal Justice news release, the We Animals media images, and the Montreal SPCA Action for Quebec Residents are available in the show notes in your podcast player and in the blog for this episode at DefenderRadio.com. I want to thank Camille for sharing her time with us and everyone involved for all they're doing for the animals. You can learn more about Animal Justice, their campaigns for animals across Canada, and how to get involved at animaljustice.ca. Until next time, I'm Michael Howey for Defender Radio and The Fur Bears. Thank you for listening.